Natasha Kinsella, or better known as the Zen Den. Uh, thanks very much for coming on to the Wolf Brothers podcast and welcome. Um, Thank you. So I suppose maybe we'll just start off um, by you maybe just introducing yourself and maybe I suppose you're a Reiki and Rahani and shamanic teacher um, among many other things. So maybe you'd like to just introduce yourself and maybe just a bit of a backstory of how you got into doing what you're doing. Okay, so um, I don't like putting labels on anything really. Um, So I don't know what I'd call myself, a bit of um, everything and anything to do with energy work and inner deep inner healing work. Um, I started off, I suppose, as a child. I've been seeing spirit since I was four years of age and um, terrified, absolutely terrified. Um, but also as well as that, I would have had people around me telling me I was imagining things, um, or that I was dreaming or so I was constantly being shut down all the time. Um, and it wasn't until I start doing this work that I realized that I was actually seeing spirit. And then when I was around 19, somebody said to me, you should do Reiki. You'd be amazing at doing Reiki. And my reply was, I wouldn't be into that hippie stuff. Not a top, not a chance. I'm not going there. It's not for me. And then lo and behold, um, I was floored with depression um, around the age of 30, just after I had my daughter. And didn't realize that what it was, was, was the start of my spiritual journey. Um, and soon after that, I picked up by chance, picked up uh, a deck of angel cards and start working with angels. Um, I found great solace, strength, and uh, at a very difficult time in my life, they definitely got me through. Um, but I still was was not going any further than that. I was only doing my own work. I wasn't going to any classes or doing any study or anything like that. I was just doing my own bits and pieces in relation to the angels, especially the archangels. And what really got me on the path then was many years later, um, I was floored with depression again, second time around. And at that point, I decided enough is enough. So I went to the doctor four times and just bawled my eyes out crying. And he was like, you have to take the medication. I'm like, no, 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 don't want to take the medication. So I left the doctors with the prescription and eventually, and I kept saying, show me what I need to do. Show me what I need to do to get through this. Show me how to serve and how to become a better human being. And I just kept hearing, go back to your roots, go back to your roots, go back to your roots. And my thing was, go back to your roots. What does that mean? I knew it was nothing got to do with my family because they wouldn't be open to any of this. So I just start seeing trees in my visions. I would see trees. So I just start hanging out with the trees, sitting by the trees, um, going to walk on the beach, really, really going deep into connecting with nature, spending an awful lot of time on my own. People thought I was going off my rocker because I was saying no to, you know, um, parties. I was saying no to, to nights out. I was just literally cocooning myself, but I knew I was okay. Um, 
And lo and behold, things start happening. I start getting into meditation. Um, and then I start really studying the angels, the archangels, and doing a lot of inner work with that kind of energy. And then uh, from that, we went. I went on to do Reiki. I literally just grabbed everything that was coming to me. I wasn't questioning anything. Um, I was just like, okay, I'll go. I'm there. As soon as I'd hear of a course, I would show up. Until I would be doing a Reiki session on somebody and the wolf start coming in. Mm-hmm. And I knew the wolf wasn't for the person I'd be working on because it was the same wolf, no matter who the person was. And he used to always just stand at the door. And I'm saying to myself, what is this? What, what is this connected to? And I, one morning I woke up and I just heard the word shamanism. Knew nothing about shamanism. And I just Googled it. And then I went, that's not for me. <laughs> the fear kicked in. I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm not going there. Um, but about a week or two later, I was at uh, something to do, with, like a, a workshop to do with angels. And this girl I'd never met before said to me, you should do shamanism. I hadn't even been, I hadn't even spoken to this girl at this point. So I went home that night and I booked in with Dunderry. And that was when things really started to open. Um, I done the, every, any course Dunderry were, were hosting. I was there, I done. Um, the, what really opened it up for me though was the holotropic breadwork. I just love the holotropic breadwork. It's just amazing. The levels that we can bring ourselves to um, without taking any medicine. Um, I mean, I've done holotrop- holotropic breathworks and I've got so much more out of those as opposed to um, some of the ayahuasca ceremonies that I've, I've gone to. So they're really, really, the holotropic breathwork, for me anyway, is just mind blown. So from there, then I just went, um, I followed the path, whatever whatever was was I was being guided to do, I showed up. Um, I studied um, the shamanic goddesses, which are the mountains and the rivers and the lakes, um, with a lovely lady who came over from Peru and um, she passed on the rights to myself. And just from there, it's just been women's circles, Rahani, that also crossed my path then years later. Um, and what definitely this year has shown me is that we need to be connected as above, so below. We need both energies, you know, and I find sometimes when we work all with one. So if we're working constantly with the angels and we're not doing any ground and work or earth work or shamanic work, we tend to be a little bit up in the clouds. Um, and therefore, and also then obviously when we're just doing all shamanic work and we're not connecting with the higher realms, we tend to be very, very grounded, but maybe the third eye might be a little bit closed to a certain extent. So I believe we need both. We need to be working with both, um, because we're just held in the middle, you know, we're in the middle world. So therefore we should be using both worlds to get through this crazy world. um but yeah so that's that's as i said um women's circles would be a big part of my work 
just bringing women together and and creating safe spaces um and also the the shamanic work as well um cacao hafe and uh, just going deep into journeys with the drum so that's how i got here so i'm happy to be of service and uh, willing to do whatever spirit has in store for me which as you know it's not always easy but sure we'll we'll give it a give it a try anyway <laughs> for anyone that's listening there and you mentioned to get through this world working with the the higher realms and the lower realms for someone that's never done anything where would you recommend they would start this kind of work or what kind of advice would you give with with things going on on the planet at the minute the way the energies are are there's a massive as you as you know there's a massive big shift going on at the minute we're changing dimensions and all that kind of stuff and i think a lot more people are less grounded at the minute mm. because of what's going on in their own lives but also because of the vibration on the planet so i would recommend people starting with nature just simply spending time in nature um walking the, the forest walking walking the beaches um especially the forest to get that ground and energy from the trees because what i find is a lot of the time now when i'm working on people because they're not grounded they're going straight up and out um and it's a case of having to pull the energy back down again so now when i work I ground people first before I bring in any other energy into the body. I just think it's really necessary for everybody, for us all, um, especially somebody starting off ground as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, st- and you don't necessarily even have to go into the, the, the deep shamanic stuff, but just spend the time around the trees, take note of the leaves, you know, the, the detail in, in the bark on a tree, the, the birds, the butterflies, the flowers, all that kind of stuff connect, bring your energy to that vibration. Mm. Um, because that's, that's what we are. It's just, we've lost touch. Definitely. Yeah. It's like, um, the analogy of the tree, you need to have your roots. Like yeah, the, the deeper your roots, the higher you can reach. That's it. That's it. And the way I see it is that we are just almost like the trunk of the tree. Mm. The, our roots need to go deep into the earth and our branches then can go up to heaven mm-hmm. or to the whatever people believe in is up there. Um, great spirit. But it's we need both. And I think, as I said, for anybody starting off ground, ground, ground is I think is the most important thing. And then once you start to become aware of the energy of nature, um, because Mother Nature will heal us alone just spending time in nature she's there to heal us um but it's just accepting that and you see most people don't realize that anyone starting off a lot of people don't realize that yeah and it's maybe there's so many things you can do these days that maybe we're jumping into the deep end too quickly instead of just as you said spending time in nature first you know there's a lot of spiritual bypassing going on so it's like people who has never done any healing whatsoever um is not aware of their energy is not aware of of the energy body the chakras all this kind of stuff they're not aware and they're going straight into maybe doing an ayahuasca ceremony but don't get me wrong ayahuasca is amazing and it, it's she works brilliantly with us um but i think anybody going in 
straight away doing no healing doing not being aware i just think sometimes it can be a recipe for disaster yeah but i found it took me like you mentioned grounding there and i've understood the concept for years and and even at times obviously was obviously getting something from it but it took me a long time to even figure out my way of Mm. what works for me and what i found and I passed this information, like I passed this on to people and they found it very helpful as well. And it's just like you said there, like tuning into the vibration, mm-hmm. the frequency of nature. So for me, it's I used to go out into nature and I'd be focusing on what maybe I want to let go of or what's annoying me and trying to like push it into the earth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't seem to work very well. I'm mm-hmm. so focused on that thing. Mm-hmm. So now it's sit there, listen to the sounds, mm-hmm. feel the wind. Just actually being in it, mm. and like you said, tuning into whatever vibration is there. Mm. I and mm. I find when I do that, I feel the energy. May a lot of the time flushing out of my feet or out of my hands. You know, mm. Just, mm. Like a waterfall nearly, mm. and that's purely only focused on the senses nearly. That's it. It's it's trying to connect with the element. You know, if the sun is shining, that's your element of fire. If the wind is blowing, that's your wind. You know, the earth, if you're sitting in the earth, that's the earth. It's connecting. And better still, if you're sitting beside a a free-flowing water or even a stream will work. But it's just connecting to all of that and allowing air vibration to match, Mm. you know, to to match nature. Because we will hear her. She does talk to us if we allow ourselves to come up to that vibration, you know, and the, the, the gas thing is that we're t- we think about grounding and we think about going down, but really we have to bring our vibration up to the earth, you know, because the mind is, 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 um, it's too, there's too much going on in the mind that we, we, when we go go to nature, we might be on our phone or taking photographs, you know, we might be with somebody talking. So it's just, going out into nature and spending as much time as we can um, alone. Well, that's what works for me anyway. It's just being on my own, sitting at the trees and just connecting to the elements. Yeah, definitely. And it's it seems to be really hard sometimes to just get that time by yourself. Even for me at the minute, I'm really just struggling to find that alone time. And I know it's, it's up to me to do it, but I just, um, again, I know the importance of these things, but I just sometimes lack the discipline, even though I'm quite disciplined, I lack the discipline to actually go out to nature and just sit there. So mm. kind of like a reminder for me, just talking to you to make sure I'm not forgetting about those practices as well. Like obviously. Yeah. I- and you, you know, a good way of doing that is to pencil yourself into your diary. If you keep a diary, mm. pencil yourself in, you know, we're busy penciling everything else and everybody else into our diaries that a lot of the time we don't pencil ourselves in, even for a day off, we might be like, okay, yeah, I'm meeting such and such for coffee that day. That's my day off. And I have to do this errand and I have to do that errand. But we never pencil that quiet time to actually hop in the car and maybe go to a forest and just be. So a good way of doing it is to actually pencil in, pencil yourself in. Don't forget yourself. And as someone said before, I think on one of our podcasts, Mark, Mark, I was just thinking about that. I think he now starts his week with like putting in his own time for himself first Mm. and then everything else work kind of comes around that. Now that's obviously if you 
maybe if you work for yourself you have the mm. flexibility but it's it is just trying to put yourself first which mm. something i obviously i just keep i continue to struggle with but i I just keep coming back to reminding myself to put myself. Yeah, in. yeah, and again, it's easy for life to 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 pull us out of you know that nice zen place because we get busy doing. But mm. we have to also get busy being and ju- literally just be. Mm-hmm. Um, in in especially in this country, I mean, there's loads of beautiful spots we we can go to. You know, just to to let go. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, some people have never experienced what that is. Mm. You know, I was doing a, a one-on-one breathwork session last night with a guy, and what he said after was it was the most relaxed he had ever been in his entire life. And the reason being is he felt for the first time ever that he was just him. He was just there, mm. like just being without mm. all the labels, without the pressure, mm. without anything else. Mm. And that was the first time he'd ever experienced it. Mm. And he's over 30 years of age. Yeah. You know, it's like, so a lot of people, a lot of people just, yeah, haven't experienced mm. it. And I think what you said, going out into nature and just being there by yourself and allowing, trying to allow yourself to, to match that vibration is probably mm. where I would recommend people go first. Yeah. Because then people will get a sense of their energy. See, most people want to go to someone to fix them mm, you yeah. know most most people starting off are like oh i don't know what's wrong with me but i know something has to change so i'm going to go for a reiki se- session and it's going to be press the button and i'm going to be fixed and that's not the way we work you know it's a process it's a journey so learn about who we are if we can learn about who we are first about our energy about you know what's going on in your heart chakra what's going on in your root chakra what's going on in your third eye and if we can try and connect even to those um on the physical level not necessarily even on an energetic level but on the physical you know sometimes you might have a pain in your back and there might be something going on you might be fearful for some reason you might you know there, there might be something going on in somebody's lifetime and they might be thinking, oh, well, it's just my back. It's just my back. My back is at me. But it could well be connected to something going on in the root chakra. If there's fear there or if there's an issue with the mother or if they're completely ungrounded. So if we can try and connect with the physical body and the spiritual body on our own force, at least if we can be aware of that. And the best way to do that is by sitting in nature. Um, because then you start, nature will also give you the messages that you need in order to continue on that path if you're serious about doing it. See, a lot of people think, oh, I'll just go for Reiki and I'm going to be fixed and sure, I'm not going to need it again for another six months and they do nothing in between. Or some people might go, oh, I go for Reiki every every month. But they do nothing mm. from one end of the month to the other to change their life or to change how they're they're um they're healing they continue drinking they continue um you know being negative all this kind of stuff so it's to go on the healing path and to find peace within it's not a matter of just turning up for a reiki session and having reiki done you have to be willing to change Mm. because if we don't change nothing changes 
you know and although don't get me wrong a reiki session once a month for 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 some people might be as might be all they're ready for at the at the minute and that's perfectly fine but eventually the universe will push us to do better to show up to extend that healing journey um it, it, as I said, it's like I was working with angels for so long. And next of all, because I wasn't changing my ways, I wasn't changing how I was living. I was still going out and partying. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't spending the time in nature. I was just working with angel cards. And again, I was pushed again. You need to go deeper. You need to now you need to really go back to your roots, which is nature. Mm-hmm. You know, so as I said, it's a journey and if we can ground first and then expand, let the roots, let our roots expand into different parts. Um, again, it's whatever resonates with people, yeah. you know, and, and like that, I don't believe that. Um, I remember I was studying Buddhism a while ago and I was told, oh, you have to let everything else go. And I was like, what do you mean? You, oh, you have to let, you know, all the angels and that and the shaman, you have to let that go if you're going to be on this path. My thing is you take what you need from each one. There's no one route, you know. So if you, if angels appeal to you, work with the angels. If a little bit of Buddhism appeals to you, work with that. Because there's no higher power that's saying, oh, you only can work with angels or you can only do Buddhism because that's not true love. You know, it's it's definitely not unconditional love. If it's working for you and you're not doing any harm to anybody and you're feeling good because of it, that's all that matters. Right. Yeah, and I think I'm currently still doing my shamanic training in Dunderry Park and it, it was something, I suppose, that Martin teaches us as well is like, these are like kind of guidelines that he's given us, but he's like, don't listen to him because listen to your own guides. Exactly. Intuition is, you know, that's the person you listen to is yourself, not anyone else. So I think I would be, because I'm kind of the same as you in that sense. Like I take a little bit of Buddhism for myself and the stoic philosophy and Mm. shamanism and all like different things and like Mm. whatever works for me. And then, you know, that's what I suppose creates you know, the uniqueness of all of us, because we're all exactly. different bits. If we're all yeah. doing the same exact thing, there'd be no, you know, spark of difference. But um, I, I just wanted to say, because I've, it's just funny listening to you talk about like how your journey began and then how things just kept popping up and you kept saying yes, because I feel like I'm kind of in that stage as well, where like the courses are coming and I'm doing, I'm just kind of saying yes to everything. Um, although now I've kind of pulled back a little bit to try and get more focused, but um just kind of wanted to talk about how I actually came across you first. So I was doing my shamanic uh, practitioner training and we're doing a journey to discover what uh, type of healing modalities we're going to work with. And when I, in my journey, I saw like a vision of, uh, it was like the Jesus Christ with, and it showed his heart and it basically was just showing me you're going to be working with the heart. And I was, I was even looking back at my old journals recently and I said something about like with love and compassion and forgiveness, just that's all I had to do to show people that. And then at lunchtime after that journey, I was chatting to Mandy and uh, she mentioned your name she, or she mentioned Rahani. And I was like, what's that? She goes, oh, it's this, um, 
I'd never never heard of it before. And she said, oh, it's it's like healing from the heart to the heart. And I was like, no way. I just saw my journey. I'm supposed to work with the heart. So maybe that's something I'm supposed to do. And then she mentioned your name. So um, that's kind of how I came across you in the first place. But um, yeah, it was, it was kind of mad. But that stuff just seems to happen at Dunderry every weekend I go there. Um, <laughs> it's weird. And um, yeah, and then I went and did a Rahani session with you. And I found it was really powerful. And I suppose it really just resonated with me because my heart has always been something that's, I suppose, prominent for me. Um, and and then I went and trained with you to, to be a Rahani practitioner. So, um, but I suppose, what do you feel maybe is the, the role of um, Rahani at the moment? And do you see much people coming to it now or is it? Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, there's a lot more people, um, there's a lot more people wanting to train uh, in Rahani, even people like that, that have never had a Rahani healing done, but they're just getting the call to go and learn how to do it, um, which is amazing um, because it's definitely something that the planet needs because it is just, as you know yourself, it's pure, it's unconditional love. So is obviously shamanism and every any other healing that's done properly. Um, but it's it's a higher much it's fifth dimensional energy so therefore it's just it's unconditional um but what i do find is when i'm working when i'm doing rahani on people an awful lot lately it's going i tend to go into the darkness and this hasn't ha- actually hasn't happened and in the years that i'm doing rahani has never happened except for the last few months so with Rahani, you can go into the past life. And what I find is happening, I'm literally going in to the darkness of the past lives. So the last lady I was working with, um, it was just so, so black that I had to call on the light from Christ consciousness, which I've never worked with before, but I just heard call on the light. And this bright white light literally came down and covered me in in bright white light now my eyes are closed but i'm in her darkness and i can see myself being like a pillar of bright white light so anyway that went on for a while after i i had to stop because i was nearly going to pass out on stage and at the end then um when she woke up she was quite emotional and she said i was just in black she said it was just blackness but she said, I saw your light coming through. She said, and that's what actually lifted me. She said, as as, as you were in the light, she said, things start to get brighter. So what I'm finding is that people, a lot of people, anyone who has done some sort of healing that has that comes for Rahani, it's going, the Rahani is going into the darkness of the past lives. Um, and as I said, that has happened an awful lot in the last few months. So it's like people are now ready to deal with the darkness that's within them. We all have it. Every single, every single person has darkness within them. We need the darkness in order to let the light shine. And the thing to remember is that the light will always outshine the darkness. Um, but it, it's Rahani's role is to literally heal not only the heart, but to heal the past lives. And that's, as I said, it's definitely coming to the forefront an awful lot lately. Definitely. Um, 
because I've done a bit of past life work as well and um, it's interesting how the same thing kind of came up about like a warrior or a soldier um, I think when you did it with me and then Megan did it with me as well and even like last year I did a past life thing and it was um, a similar like warrior thing and it, it kind of just makes sense when you go into the past life your patterns in this life like mm. why I feel this um, need to maybe sacrifice myself for others or it's kind of this weird like warrior mentality and then I think you said it could have been say in a past life where I was maybe I did lots of bad stuff in the past life and now I'm correcting that in this life and there's mm. a, I suppose maybe guilt for that mm. uh, which yeah I suppose in normal psychology or like in the, the normal model I suppose you don't really go into past lives but it it does tend to just open it up and make a lot more sense when you do tap into that. Exactly. And, and as you've probably heard before, when, when they say that when we come into this world, we we're, we're coming back in to heal, to, to correct the mistakes from the past. So we've all been not so good in previous lives, because if we're doing good in this lifetime, and we're trying to correct mistakes from past lives, well, then we've lived lives whereby we might not have been um, nice people. I know in one of my past lives, um, I definitely use my power not for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's, but it's trying to accept that. It's trying to not feel bad or not feel guilty about that because that's a different life. You know, all we can do is accept it and try and make friends with our darkness. We have to make friends with our darkness. We have to make our darkness our ally um, and allow it to push us to be better people. Because as long as we're afraid of it, we'll never really heal, you know, to the extent of what we're here to do. So it's trying to not let the fear of the darkness that's in us rise higher than the light that's in us. You know, because it'll just keep us down. Yeah. That's just resonating with me a lot there. Um, I suppose oh, well over a year ago now, I I proper, it was in a psilocybin journey and I went, I got brought into this darkness. And it, when you said it would pull you down, it, it actually did, it knocked me off what I was sitting on and I was on the ground. I felt paralyzed. I felt like vines, black vines all around my arms, holding me down. And it was so bad. The feelings, the feelings were so bad and so constricting that I remember saying, I want to die. I want, I wanted to die. And I didn't see, I didn't see how I was getting out of it. It was just engulfing every single part, every cell in my body. And I remember saying out loud, Daryl, you need to forgive yourself. And I and I remember taking an inhale when I said that, and it was ecstasy. And it's only, I think, basically a couple of weeks ago that that's kind of coming around more. Like I had that experience. And when I when I had that inhale, I, I remember seeing this blackness around my entire body and a little hole above my heart where a butterfly had landed earlier on that day opened. Okay, that's hence the butterfly tattoo on my neck. But this little thing, this little hole opened in the black crust. And I remember thinking, that's just one little bit. Okay, now that darkness, 
has tried to come back in numerous times since. But me not thinking that it was, I, I just kept running away from it. Anytime I'd come in, I would open my eyes. I, like, I, I just, I'd, I'd run away from it because I remember yeah. how horrific it felt. And then there was one night where the darkness nudged me on the back. It was like a little poke, right? And it wasn't coming in. It was just like, hey, I'm here. And it was then that I actually sat down and I speaking out loud to myself, I was like, why, why is that keep coming back? And then straight away, once I said out loud, it's like, Daryl, you knew from the start that you had to go back in there. Mm. You had to go back in. And I was like, mm. fuck, that's why it keeps coming back for me. Now, fair enough. I was like, now, now I'm ready. Like it took a year to, to get ready mm. to go back in or to realize that to mm. go back in. Then I asked myself, what is it? What is that darkness? And I got this image of myself as a little boy, but just a black sketch and all these black vines coming down around them like a cage, right? Like a cage. And my eyes were open seeing this, mm. like a cage. And on top, where all this blackness and darkness was coming from was me screaming abuse down at that boy, at myself. And I realized in that moment, I was like, I have created all my own misery. Mm. I created it all with self-abuse. Mm. I was like, I completely have traumatized myself. And, and that blackness and that constriction and the reason that felt so fucking horrific in that journey was because it was all my own thoughts about myself. That's why it was so hard to sit with mm. it was all my and I was feeling them all at the same time and I'm it was only a couple of nights ago speaking to someone that I had this realization so it's like that experience happened and like that experience getting that little bit of an opening in that black crust changed my life totally yeah it opened me up to um feelings that I had never felt before yeah and well done well done for 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 coming to that realization it doesn't the time doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's not a it's not a race you know, and I, people need to realize this. It's not a case of, oh, I'm going to become a shamanic practitioner and I'm going to be healed. We'll never be healed. We'll be healed until the day we die. But it's trying to enjoy the journey and be thankful for the darkness because the darkness shows us what we really need to heal. You know, it's like my very first ayahuasca journey, um, like that, I could feel the dark darkness coming up at me. And I knew I'd all my angels and my guides and the wolf and every, I'd all, everybody around me, all my, my divine beings. And I just said, okay, so what do we need to do here? In my mind, I could feel the darkness taking over me. And like that, I was becoming paralyzed. And I said, what do we need to do here? And there's a thing I always do with, with my breath is that when I breathe, if I'm meditating, if I'm breathing in, I breathe in light. So I connect my breath to light, to pure white light. So like you, I could see my whole body was black. But within the darkness, I could also see a snake. And it wrapped around my leg, came around the body all the way up over my shoulder, down. And the head was just below, let's say, in my solar plexus. So I start getting angry in 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 a way that I was like, you're getting out of here. You are not staying here. This is a body of light. You yeah. don't belong, all this kind of stuff, which is the wrong way to do it, mm. okay? You have to love it, you see. 
you know, but through my breath and just using my breath, breathing light, breathe out the dark, breathing light, breathe out the dark. I shifted it all the way up my body to my shoulder, to the back of my head. Now, this took hours to do, and I was still going at like half two in the morning. And then the, the, the facilitator came over to me and he tried getting it out of me, which obviously it wasn't ready to go. Um, and he said to me, you need to rest. And I said, but I literally have it here. I, it needs to go. And he said, no, he said, you're, you're, you're doing it far too long. You'll exhaust your spirit. So I surrendered and I said, okay, but now it is still there. It's actually here, but I know it's not in the rest of the body. But if we can connect our breath, anytime we feel fear, if we go back to the breath, no matter what it is, if we feel any type of fear, doesn't matter if it's in darkness or in a meditation or, you know, if it's just in something that's happening in life, if we go back to the breath, breathe, breathe, breathe. I done a half a with somebody yesterday and he had never done it before. And same thing again, I blew up, blew the half a and <laughs> I said, breathe, just breathe, 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 breathe. Your breath is divine and our breath is divine. Mm. But if we can connect it to light, because it's a gift, our breath is a gift. When we inhale, we are breathing in positive light energy. Mm. When we exhale, we are giving and releasing back anything that doesn't serve us. And if we can think that way, especially doing the deep inner work with psilocybin or ayahuasca or anything like that, the darkness will start to shift. But we also have to believe that our light that's within our hearts will outshine any darkness and it will. But as I said, we have to believe that. Easier said than done when you're in the moment and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it'd be a moment where you remember because you, you kind of forget yes. when you're in the intensity of it. Yes. But then when you get that, fuck, I, have, I can breathe here. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had an experience recently, just when we're on the topic of the darkness. And again, I was in Dunderry and uh, Martin recommended we go out into to nature and at nighttime and like stalk an awareness and like kind of meditate on our primal fear. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized that day that my primal fear was not being strong enough, um, which is interesting. And and then when I went out into the darkness, into the trees, like it was very dark. Like I wouldn't say I'm afraid of the dark. Like I sat up on the hill there a while ago for the whole night and, you know, I was grand, but this night was particularly dark and I just couldn't see what was coming through the trees. And I kind of sat beside the tree and it told me just to lie down. Like I got this message to lie down on the ground and close your eyes. It's like fully surrender to, to me, like to nature. And I just felt as soon as I did that, I just felt this wave of energy flowing up through my whole body and it was fear. So I could, I was feeling the fear. It's like, feel the fear, but do it anyway. That mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the only thing that could get me through that fear was my breath. So I was just like, just breathe. So I was like, just breathing. And my whole body was just surrendering because I always thought like, you know, I have to be strong enough, but nature was showing me that like, you have to surrender to me because I'm stronger than you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I realized it just kept saying in my head, it was just like courage, courage. And that was just breathing through it, breathing mm. through the fear mm. was how I could show the courage. So 
yeah, for me, I suppose that's why I suppose we both do breath work, but it's such a powerful reminder just to come back to the breath when you are going through those dark mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. Um, like even when I when I did ayahuasca, I never really knew much about the breath, and I never had that tool. Mm-hmm. So when I was in those tough moments, mm-hmm. to actually come back to to keep me, I suppose keep me like from going off too much into the fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a powerful thing. You see, I, I think the main the main issue for most of us is that we actually don't realize how powerful we are and we are really, really powerful. But the problem is that we've been programmed, you know, from from an early age, we've been programmed to stay down, you know, programmed in school, programmed by our parents, not that they, you know, they, they meant any harm. They're just trying to protect us. But we're being shut down constantly, constantly, constantly shut down. I mean, the chakra system begins to form in the womb. And then at the early ages of our lives, each chakra starts to form and develop, you know, and when the the solar plexus is beginning to form, that's the age where we want to run around and we want to explore and we want to climb and we want to do all these kind of things. But we're stopped because our parents are trying to protect us. You know, it's it's you're not allowed to climb the, the table or you're not allowed to climb the, the cupboards or whatever, stand on the sofas or whatever it may be that kids do at that age. But by being stopped constantly while our chakra system is beginning to form, well, then we 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 inherit the fears of moving forward and being free. Mm. Mm, so it starts at a very early age. People go into school at four or five to sit at a desk for most of the day and told to not talk and build yeah. and mm. all the things that are going totally against what your nature wants you to do. Exactly. You exactly. Know, or even yeah, like stuff like in schools, like we're doing work in schools and we see like to have to have this toilet pass to go to the toilet and I don't know. I can see where why they have that, but it's also like subconsciously you're just you don't have any power to even go to the bathroom anymore you have to ask permission so it's like Mm -hmm. years of years of just asking permission to even stand up and Mm -hmm. walk like Mm -hmm. talk you have to put your hand up so it's just ingrained in you to like ask for permission and not not feel your full power of what you can actually do yourself exactly yeah Yeah. we're 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 suppressed yeah because i could never like that's what my mother would always remind me and every single teacher would always say to her when especially in primary school i could never sit still like you could even i'd always just be moving in my chair and i used to always be like think there was something wrong but it's like mm-hmm. i just had so much energy mm-hmm. i do have a lot of energy anyway but as a kid it's so much energy and trying to sit at a desk and and read words just wasn't wasn't my thing but anyway yeah. And you see, the problem now is that nowadays there's a label put on a child like that, you know, they might be called ADHD or something like that. And that's that's why I have a big issue with labels, because a label doesn't define who we are Um, and who's to say that, you know, just because somebody is acting a little bit different to somebody else that, you know, that they deserve that particular label again just the same with with um qualifications and especially in this line of work mm. you know i couldn't tell you the amount of qualifications i have but yeah i don't have one set up on the wall because it's only a piece of paper yeah. you know we can all train in certain modalities i could train in 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 reiki but that doesn't mean i'm a good reiki practitioner mm-hmm. you know so they're only pieces of paper we have to live whatever we want to bring to the table 
however we want to be of service there's no point in us going oh yeah i'm a reiki practitioner if i'm not doing reiki on myself or if i'm not receiving the reiki healing or if i'm not living it so we all have to live it in order to 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 bring the best version of us forward to other people yeah yeah i totally agree yeah and i think it's like what you said as well it's asking like your guides are the great spirit like show me what i should do and then follow that path instead of mm. looking at someone else be like oh everyone else is doing reiki i better do reiki mm. everyone mm. else is doing it and yeah as you like in this world there is so many things you can be doing and it was that was why it was nice when i did that journey and just showed me like kind of showed me the breath work and the rahani like different types of breath work and just going mm. deeper into those mm. and the shamanic work like mm. and in itself that's loads like you know so it's yeah kind of, absolutely it's given me some sort of focus so i can actually don't have to worry about trying to like do all these other things that other people are doing and just focus on like what am i being guided to do and where am i naturally where do i fit in the puzzle piece because like mm. again if everyone's doing the same things it's not really going to help much because we all have to we all have different skills and that's, that's exactly helpful. and you know what i do often go back to is what brings me joy yeah. you know does does uh, there's lots of things that we can all do, but do we really want to do them if if they're not filling something in here? Other, if, if we don't follow whatever is bringing us joy, well, then we're just being connected to the system that's broken. So, mm. you know, follow what brings you joy. So I do say nearly every day, how show me how I can serve. Show me how I can serve myself, because if we're serving ourselves, well, then we're looking after our hearts. We're looking after what brings us joy. And then if we're in that space ourselves, well, then we're bringing the best of us to other people. So we're serving others at a point whereby we're feeling amazing. And so therefore we can show up, you know, better prepared to do whatever work spirit or our guides want us to do exactly yeah mm. and it's actually we were doing a workshop with teachers recently and that's was kind of the core message that we were trying to get to them is try and like look after yourself first and you know make sure you have time for you to be at your best so you can help your students because a lot of them are just stressed because they've you know overloaded with work and mm. even with parents and students and committees and boards and and i was they don't have time to look after themselves so it was just like whether it's in the spiritual context or just like, mm. you know, mm. every day, like looking after yourself first, mm. it's just mm. such an important part. But, and for me, again, that's something I struggle with is like the joy, like allowing myself to actually fully feel joy, um, mm. which I'm starting to realize recently where it's coming from. But, mm. um, so like doing it, I'm actually going through a bit of a process about that at the minute, but it's like, even for example, like I love writing like poetry and, or even like I, I wrote one book, I might write another one at some stage, but it's like, I love that, just that process of writing. And I've just not even given myself the time to read mm. or write at the minute. Mm. So again, coming back to what's bringing me joy, because that will, as you said, once I do that, I'll be naturally better for everyone else instead of mm. trying to be better for everyone else first, because then I'm not at my best. So, yeah. Mm. And you see, again, society will has has taught us to look after everybody else first and not to look after ourselves yeah. you know from from an early age little girls are given a, a doll and a pram 
you know, look after your dolly, um, feed her, dress her, put a nappy on her, or here's a tea set, mm. you know, um, make mommy a cup of tea, make daddy a cup of tea, all this kind. But they're never actually taught, look after yourself. Yeah. You know, do this for yourself, do that for yourself. So again, it's just old programming mm. that has led us to believe that when we do look after ourselves, we're selfish. Yes. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, I, you, still not too often, but I'd often, I would hear the, the words, um, who does he think he is? He mm. loves himself or who does she think she is? She look well, aren't they right? You know, they're right if they're loving themselves. Yeah. Um, because the world, as you know yourselves, the world can be hard enough, you know, without um, us not looking after ourselves. Exactly, yeah. So it's important. It is important. And it's not selfish. No. It's one of the most selfless things you can do, really, because, yeah, that's that's all you're here to do is really, once you look after yourself, then you can help others more. So it's a selfless thing, really. Yeah, exactly. And then you're bringing your best foot forward as well for others then when you are. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, what, anything else? And the other thing I was going to say on that is, like we were talking about earlier on when you mentioned um, setting out your week based around your self-care or your priorities, even if it's even if it's an hour a day. Mm. I remember saying that to some people, and it's funny because the look that you'd get, as in, like, it's, it's not even thought about it's just like sure, I can't do that mm-hmm. you know it's like that's how programmed we mm-hmm. actually are so like everything for me everything I'm doing is just trying to unlearn what I've learned and, yeah. and like reprogram basically and mm-hmm. it's the deeper you go with it the more I don't even want to use the word but the more sinister it seems at times like the yeah. way, the way something programs us I don't know what the fuck it is but yeah yeah society is it's mm. it's there's a i'm going to use the word there's an evilness to it mm. i find at times mm. um the deep and that's just from going quite deep with it obviously but mm. i suppose then the only thing because that can be overwhelming mm-hmm. i find that can be overwhelming so i just for me anyway it's just coming back just do the work on yourself and and i have seen i have seen how that butterfly effect works in that way in the positive way mm-hmm. i have seen that I've thought about sometimes I just think back it's like like that moment where I decided to take a different direction in life like I could have well I I would 100% be dead now if I didn't but I could have went that way but I didn't and then all the people I chat to and do things with and and then the people they and it's like that ripple effect is way more than we can ever imagine absolutely starts with us just doing stuff with ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah that's it and that's that's where the whole term comes from you know heal yourself if you want to help the world or you want to help humanity heal yourself you know the way i do see it as that it's we're all part of this massive big spider web and each one of us have one of those you ever see a spider web with dew on it early in the morning mm-hmm. um, and all the little tiny beads of of water on the on the web and we all hold a place on that particular web so let's call it the web of life mm-hmm. okay but there's only at the minute there's only a few of those tiny little beads lit up and the, these are connected to the people doing the work 
but through us shining our light on ourselves doing the work, our light grows stronger, bigger, and expands out that anyone else on that web of life is picking up the vibration from us mm. doing the work. You know, people do all, often say to me, um, I want to be like you. No, don't be like me. You be like you. You do what you do. Do what. There's no point in you just following my path. My path is not your path. Mm-hmm. You know, do the work. If you if you want to be nice and calm, and don't get me wrong, I'm not nice and calm every day. I have my days as well. Um, but if you want to find some sort of peace within, it starts with you. It doesn't matter how many people, how many practitioners you go to, how many you know sound baths you go to. If you're not doing the work on yourself by taking that time out or penciling that time in for yourself and just simply just being well then things are not going to shift it all starts with us and we're the ones that have to make the change if we make the change well then we are better for the people that are around us but the purpose cannot be to be better for the people around us the purpose has to be for ourselves mm-hmm. you know i see this a lot with, with work on women and um the excuse I always get, and don't get me wrong, I know they work hard, but the excuse, so where, where will I get the time? Like I'm working and then I have to rush home to the kids and then I'm up for work the next morning. Okay, well, half an hour on your journey home from work, pull in at a beach, go into a park, just sit in the car even with the window down, but obviously somewhere nice, not, you don't want to, you know, not in a shopping center or somewhere like that, but take that half hour on your way home if that's all you think you can allow yourself, which you deserve a lot more than a half an hour. But if you think you can only make a half an hour, take that time out on the way home from work. Stop in, 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 in um, as I said, alongside the beach or in some nice park or wherever is close by and just turn off the radio, put down the phone and just sit, take in your surroundings hear, feel the wind blown through, um, see the beauty and whatever is natural that's that's around you. And if you can't do that, get up a half an hour earlier in the mornings mm. and go out to the back garden and sit with a cup of coffee and just be, mm. you know. And even if you have a balcony and don't have a back garden, put a few um, plant pots and just connect with the energy of, of the plants that you're growing you know there's always a way around it it doesn't have to be trips to forests or or stuff like that all this all it stems from is just simply just being without anything electrical and trying your best to tune into nature mm-hmm. that's where it begins mm, thanks that's natasha that was a that was a great bit of advice to end that with <laughs> Came back to nature, started with nature and came back to nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you want to be grounded and that's where peace, Let allow mother nature to hold you. Mm-hmm. And if we can allow mother nature to hold us, well, then we, we stand firm. Our roots are deep. We make the, we make better choices when we're like that. Yes. Thanks very much, Natasha. And Thank you. Do you have any um, things upcoming like women's circles or ceremonies or anything like that um well on every sunday at six o'clock i'm in julianstown community center which is an old church um 
we do a bit of drumming and a bit of breath work, but we also do a movement whereby we're, we're bringing in the breath from each direction. Um, it just helps to top up our energy, also helps us to recharge. That's every Sunday. That's just for women? No, no, men, men and women. Um, and we've, um, I've teamed up with Owen Duffy from Transform Ireland um, to do a retreat in Galway on i think it's the 7th of october um so that should be a good one as well it that'd be brilliant for anybody starting off okay. um apart from that nothing major i do have things i just have to nail down dates and um mm. venues and that kind of stuff cool. yeah sure we'll put a link to your yeah your instagram and anything else just so people can, can find you if they're interested brilliant. thanks so much uh, yeah cheers